I'm Marina Sirdikovska and this is SEO in 2023. Rina, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Uh, my number one tip for uh, SEO in 2023 is to create or update content to satisfy user intent. Okay, great content to satisfy user intent. Um, so you also shared with me beforehand that um, you should not, as an SEO, be doing something just for SEO if it doesn't benefit users and um, customers' UX. So what would come under that umbrella? I would say that first we need to, to create the website which is not for uh, Google and don't think about how to rank. And first we need to think about what customers or potential users uh, are expecting actually to see on our website. And the content is uh, the king still uh, in 2023, uh, where you need to understand how to create content which users are looking for. And I think that in 2023 specifically, we need to be more specific about the content we create. So there are already thousands and thousands of websites in even in one market, in one industry. And to be competitive, we need to think about the customer first and not about the keyword research first, because then we will compete with many, many websites, but maybe it's not our audience in the end. Okay, understood. So, so, so how do we differentiate ourselves? I mean, you said yourself that there are many more competitors nowadays, so many more websites in your niche. You mentioned the importance of thinking of users with your content, but, but how do you really actually create content that, that is that different and distinctive and better than your competitors? I would recommend, and this is what we are doing for our clients, uh, to speak actually with the customers at potential customers to use the feedback from customers to create content. So not using the only the keyword research tool, but also going to the customers and ask them, what are the questions you would like to find answers on our website? What are the uh, benefits you are looking uh, when you would like to buy our product or to pay for our SaaS tool? So this is, I think, the main difference between when you're creating content based on the keyword research and when you go to customers and ask what they are looking for, and then you match this with the data you have. Okay, so if you've got a big organization with a customer service team, and customers obviously regularly speak uh, to that customer service team, uh, is it sufficient for that customer service team to have an additional question that they ask each customer, you know, what else would you like to see in our website content? Um, what do you feel isn't answered? What could we do better at? Or do you actually have to set up a separate conversation and have a more intensive conversation with customers? I think it's both, basically, and because you can have a group of customers who are uh, open to give you a more detailed feedback and most probably if they are like a fan of your business they will be appreciate to take part in uh, the business and improve the business if they use your tool or your products a lot while to have uh, the broader uh, data it's important here yeah, to maybe ask the questions after uh, you talk with the customer or you can actually get these questions based on the questions which customer asks so you don't need to directly ask them like what you would like to have on website. Most probably the customer team can have this list of questions because they have, I don't know, for example, they have 100 calls during the week. Uh, 
and they have, okay, they ask us, I don't know, how to cancel the two. And you know, okay, I need to, uh, to have this. Or how to, this tool can work with another one, which is also very popular. So you can get these from the customer team directly and you don't need to ask uh, the question of, uh, directly from the customer. So. so that's a good point, actually. So conversations with customer service teams may be skewed towards perhaps negative feedback and questions around servicing that negative feedback. So you need to perhaps be a bit more proactive to reach out to customers um, who have neither positive or negative feelings about you as a business to perhaps get questions that uh, better reflect a, a broader section of your target audience. Yeah, I agree totally. And um, you also can uh, have a focus group. So you can have the customers who are uh, maybe not that satisfied with your tool or the uh, customer service uh, in general. So you can get these uh, things and you can use for sure this for the improvement of your business and to improve the content on your website. So in an ideal world then, um, if you're setting up a fo focus group, uh, I presume that this has got to be done on a regular basis, maybe once a quarter, maybe once a year. Uh, how often would you recommend to do this kind of thing? I think actually one time per year should be enough. Uh, if it's, uh, you don't launch a lot of new products or new tools or new features for your tool, because there are a lot of investments you need uh, to make to actually organize this focus group, not from maybe money perspective, but from the time perspective, which team should invest to do this properly. So you also talk about SEO being a broader part of the whole business, the whole perhaps conversations with marketing teams, product teams, development teams as well. So I mean, what does that look like? How does SEO better marry itself to all the parts of the business that it could impact? I think that SEO uh, is a part of the marketing because when you create a content, ideally, you need to understand how you can actually share this content on social media, for example, how you can promote it uh, through your email marketing campaigns. Will this uh, content help you with your PR activities? Will it help you with the brand awareness? So if you ideally, if you can match most of these things uh, with one content piece, it's a win-win for the business. Because if you do this only for SEO, for example, to rank on Google, yeah, it's a good uh, goal. But if you can match it with other uh, marketing channels, you will have much more out of one content piece. Absolutely. Okay. And what does that content piece look like when you're trying to get multiple wins out of, out of that same piece of content, i.e. you're trying to make sure that um, Google finds it attractive and drives traffic to it. You're trying to make sure that users are satisfied with it, but you're trying to make sure that it's um, a great brand piece potentially as well and that it's good for getting people to come back to your site in the future and getting people to remember you. So, so what are some key items or aspects of that piece of content to include? First, I would say that it should be written with an expert from your company or maybe external expert. So there are some expertise in the um, content you write, not the rewriting the content which is already there. The second one is Will this content be shareable? This is also very important. So do you have any data, for example, there, which can be interesting for your audience that they would like to share, download, for example, to save? Is it newsworthy? If you have these three things, newsworthiness, 
shareable and expertise, most probably you can already have uh, really good content. Okay, okay. And what makes good newsworthy content? Are you talking about creating content that's perhaps a reaction to current news stories that are popular at the moment? It could be uh, uh, this, and it could be something that you know that uh, it should be popular or important every year, for example. Every year we have New Year, every uh, year we have Black Friday, for example, we have summer holidays. So you understand that, for example, media is writing every year during the April, May, where you can go for your summer holidays or, or what you should buy during Black Friday. And this is the content pieces will be out in October. So you can get this planned because with, uh, when it's something reactive, you need to be very fast and it's not always possible for marketing teams because maybe you don't have the capacity to react uh, on this. But then you have still a lot of things which you can plan. So, so let's use Black Friday as an example. This, um, I'm, I'm trying to think exactly when it happens. It's, it's, it's one of the last Fridays in, in November, isn't it? So um, yes. if you want to give yourself an opportunity to have your brand featured, perhaps by a journalist, um, some kind of quote from you, from, from a story, is it best to maybe publish an article on your website in mid, mid-November and then reach out to the journalist to, to say that you've done that and try and get them to incorporate some of your story? Is it better to perhaps even not publish in your site and reach out to the journalist and and also how much time before Black Friday should you be doing these things? There are different strategies. I would say that you can, uh, if you have the data, then it does make sense. You can publish this data as a press release or as a research on your website. And yes, it does make sense to prepare this in October and maybe publish this uh, during the first two weeks in October if it's something, the data which is about how to prepare for Black Friday, uh, something that before Black Friday. Uh, Then you pitch to the journalist and they can mention this and link to your uh, website because you have data there. So I I like your idea of um, creating a piece along the lines of how to prepare for Black Friday. And I know that there are many other suggestions and approaches that you can take, but I think the benefits of that particular example is that um, you can actually start preparing for it a lot beforehand. So if you write a story about how to get the best deals on Black Friday, um, then it doesn't necessarily have to be published on Black Friday itself. It could be published a few weeks beforehand as well. So you're giving yourself a a bigger window um, for that piece of content. Yeah, you have more time to promote this and to pitch this to the journalist. So it's uh, better than uh, because you can get more publications, for example, more mentions comparing if you create a content reactively during Black Friday, but you still can get a lot of uh, out there. So so just one final point in relation to your initial suggestion. So you, you were also saying, do not do something just for SEO's sake, make sure that you incorporate users and customers um, UX as well. Um, So are you saying that never build links unless it's quite likely that they will drive you traffic? I would say not. I think it it does make sense still to build relevant links, even if you would not have a traffic, but you need, for example, to have a link if a website mentioned your brand. Most probably people would not click a lot if it's mentioned that this company prepared this research on this data. 
and they just mention your uh, who provided this data because they are interested in the data and most probably journalists will publish this data already. But you still need this link because you can build authority and it's relevant link. While if you add uh, links which uh, may be leading um, to some pages which uh, are too promotional or something like that and people would not click on that. So it's kind of uh, not the strategy I would recommend. <laughs> Okay, so build links, but build contextual links, not necessarily to drive traffic, but as long as you have that context and relevance to the individual article, then that's that's good SEO practice as well. Yes. <laughs> so, well, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? Uh, first, buying links from low quality websites or buy links from comments because people still do this and I wouldn't recommend to invest in this. Uh, the second thing is um, not to create the content if you see there are a lot of already content there which is already very high quality. So it's super tricky to create better content if you see that there are already one of the best content you can get. So I would say that I wouldn't recommend this Okay, so, so so what you're saying there is actually before you choose to write content, analyze the SERP, and if the answer already exists, the optimum answer already exists, don't bother competing for that keyword phrase. Go for go after another keyword phrase instead. Yes, uh, this is completely correct. Because only if you don't have any other ideas and you have written thousands of content, then it does make sense maybe to create this content piece. But for most businesses, you still have less competitive keywords and less competitive content which you can create and you have more expertise and you have much more worth out of this. Irina Sergikovskia is an SEO consultant and you can find her over at irinakudriz.com. Irina, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you for inviting me. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.